Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And I'm Jordan. Once again, no fun announcements this week. We'll be jumping right on in the chapter 1020, then later chapters 251 to 262. Here we go. Title page. Robin versus Black Maria. There's your guy, a pompadour man, taking a big old chomp out of that sucker. Yeah, there's really two things that I feel are worth noting here. One, uh, his nose bubble has not popped, even though it's being caressed by his hair, (laughs) I would say, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's being gently held (laughs) right where it needs to be. Yeah, Uh, and two... This was apparently requested by 420 Land, so <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, that pretty much checks out, I think. <laughs> uh, I think it's also interesting that, uh, blanking on his name, uh, Denjiro is buddies, I suppose, with an equally snoozy cat man of some sort. Well, they get along. Like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's hard not to get along when... The only notable interaction we know of is them napping near each other. But uh, if that's your definition of friendship, then I suppose, yep, there you have it. You gotta trust someone to nap next to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That takes us right onto the chapter that I'm sure you're jonesing to get to. Robin versus Black Maria. Yeah, it's a big one. It's exciting. Uh, we do start off with being informed of what Yamato actually is, uh, which we were wrong about, but whatever. Everybody was. Yeah. And I didn't scan that entire Reddit thread discussing it, but I do not recall seeing any mention of a Okuchi no Makami in there. No, me neither. But uh, it's pretty cool, so right on. I did do some digging into what this wolf creature is. The Wikipedia article on it, and the one I found was in Japanese and had to be translated into English. It doesn't have like a standard English wiki page about it. Hmm. But apparently it is based on an actual Japanese wolf that is now extinct. Um, but in those days, people believed was a deity in that area. Um, specifically, it was worshipped in the Yamato province. Oh, look at that. Isn't that a wacky non-coincidence, I'm sure. <laughs> That's a nice little touch. Indeed. We love to see it. Too bad they're all dead, but uh, not this one. This one's doing just fine. Yeah, this one specifically is a guardian spirit of Wano. Indeed. Kaido's real cheesed off that uh, somebody claiming to be Odin, as he puts it, ended up getting it. Poor Kaido. It's rough being him. Yeah, because it really just fits all too well. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, you're just on the wrong side of things here, kind of. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but he still does want Yamato to protect Wano uh, just for him. Yeah. So, I guess in a manner of speaking, Yamato is trying to do what he wants, just in the details, the opposite. Yeah, really important <laughs> details, I would imagine. <laughs> Quite so. Yamato even says here, not the same thing. 
So right. he understands. Specifically, what Kaido wants Yamato to do, though, is continue the uh, weapons factory operation he has going, and I guess keep intruders out, etc. Um, Yamato's not into that. Uh, would rather liberate the country and its samurai and open the borders. And to prove that point, shoots out a big ol' ice blast move, I assume. Yeah, it's gotta be ice. <laughs> um yeah, I guess Kaido is just, like, does he want Yamato? No, he wants Yamato to stay behind so that he can become the Pirate King? Yes, he wants, it seems that he wants Yamato to stay here in Wano to keep his, like, weapon chain supply rolling so that he and Big Mom can make active moves to go get the rest of the Poniglis that they need to uh, find Raftel, or Laftail, and uh, become Pirate King feel like you could just get someone else to do it, but, you know, whatever. I guess so, but if he doesn't leave someone especially powerful behind, then that kind of leaves Wano open for the government, for example, to kind of steamroll. And I would imagine he would want to keep his main crew members, King, Jack, Queen, a lot of them, with him on his conquest operation. That's true. I didn't. I didn't consider that those three would be pretty important for going out and doing things. Indeed. Um, he fires off a blast breath, though, collides with the glacier fang. Uh, it does like a fun swirly collision thing in the middle there. It looks pretty dope. Then um, Yamato seems to be struggling a little bit. Yeah, Kaido's doing fine, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> their their power is matched in this shot, but I would imagine that's just because Kaido knows what Yamato can do right now and set himself to that level type deal. Yeah, pretty much. They're chatting right now, so he doesn't want to finish him off just yet. So yeah, just playing. He doesn't go huff huff a single time in this entire chapter, whereas <laughs> Yamato does a number of times. So currently on the losing ends. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the huffs are important. Uh, after that, though, we pop back into the banquet hall to check in with the Robin slash Brooke Black Maria conflict. Uh, who's that, Jordan? Could that be Robin's mother and Professor Clover? Back from the dead? <laughs> There's been some big changes here since last <laughs> time we uh, checked in. Indeed, some major relevations have occurred. Saul, Saul... I had a friend. Saul. I had a friend in high school that always pronounced it Saul unironically, and that's just kind of what he is in my head now. Even though I'm quite sure that's not right. Yeah, um, that just seems like it has a bad mouth feel. Saul. Well, indeed. actually, it's not as bad as I expected. Still, don't think it's correct, but that's what I'm going with for the moment. Uh, he's back. Dare she, she, she. He says. I can't believe they made him say, "I've been dying to see you again." <laughs> can't believe they did that uh do you think that is what really put robin over the edge of realizing that it's not real oh no i think she was aware the whole time <laughs> but uh that was probably the one that made her take them out so viciously <laughs> indeed uh and take them out viciously she does big ol' trace mono freesia triple slap right to all three of their varying sized faces <laughs> yeah uh 
I was surprised that the middle one is just one of the numbers, like not a smile fruit user, but still part of the gang, it seems. Yeah. I'm still a little bit confused about this numbers situation because as they were described to us, I can't remember if it was explicitly said that all of the numbers are this way, but two of them at least were described as like failed attempts to recreate the ancient giant race, the same race that uh, Ors was uh, mm-hmm. back in Thriller Bark. And those two at that time were much more bestial than uh, this lady and Hachi from, or uh, Hachin, whatever the A1 was, that uh, Frankie bopped a while back. Those two just kind of looked like big people. Kanune here just has fangs as well, I suppose, and is yeah. pretty big. But aside from that, fairly ordinary. Whereas those other two we saw that uh, Luffy and Drake beat on the live floor were like monsters. So I'd like some clarification here, if possible. Not from Oda, from you, just so we're clear. <laughs> I want you to explain it to me. <laughs> No doubt you have the inside knowledge. Yeah, I don't have an answer, but, like, to be fair, we did not see Kunyun do anything. Like, we don't... I guess it's implied that they are speaking the words that Saul said. Um, But it also could be part of the... No, well, the illusion is from, like, a gas, right? I doubt you could get uh, any you know, vocal elements out of that. So I guess they are speaking. I don't know if we saw much speaking out of the other numbers. I guess so. It could also be that the illusion mist is like impacting Robin's senses, right? She just, like, she's hearing them, but they're not actually saying anything. Does that make sense? Considering it's uh, like it's a power of a person, sure, I'm willing to go far enough to say that it would be it could be part of that. I just don't see how else. It doesn't matter. We can move on. Um. <laughs> uh, Brooke and Robin decide to run away. You know, they get an opening and they take it. Uh, they are followed by, actually, it looks like four people there. I don't know who... Yes. What? Huh? Or is that even five? Is there one in between the ah and the I can't believe speech bubble? Yes. Well, maybe not. That might be like the butt of the snake lady there, perhaps. I'm I'm looking back at the last panel and like it's just kind of tail the whole way down. It does look that way. Regardless, there's a fourth person there. (laughs) Earth. Uh, yeah, so like, what what's up with that? Uh, just noticed it, that's fun. But it doesn't really matter, because Black Maria bursts in and uh, steals the scene. Yeah, that's the main threat right there. The large spider lady with the swords in her hair. Uh, slightly more scary. And perhaps even larger than th- this number? Uh, Looks me, like it, right? Possibly, like, definitely seems to have more mass because of the, you know, spider bottom. Indeed. Um, but yeah, she bursts from the ceiling. Uh, 
Brooke, notable skeleton man, has the gall to say that this place is a terrifying one. Uh, fair enough, I guess, but look in the mirror, please, sir, before <laughs> throwing stones. Uh, they, <laughs> they seem to be, like, bonding over a shared trauma <laughs> in these next couple panels. Like, oh, yeah. how nice, uh, because we had such terrible childhoods or terrible bath stories, uh, it so happens that these illusions don't affect us. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems pretty perfect for these two. Uh, they are, like, the ones with the dark humor on the crew, and it I, they, they have had very tough times in their past, and it's <laughs> fitting. I love it. Indeed. Very depressing, but uh, they're cheery about it, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah um but like other than this brooke has just been freaking out this entire time whether it's about you know robin possibly falling for the illusion or black maria <laughs> or what like he is just constantly on the move being freaked out and as you said noted skeleton it's Indeed. good irony classic he uh, they managed to dodge a blow from the weird faced wheel weapon. Uh, we get some details about what on earth is going on with that thing. It's weirder than what you just said because it's, <laughs> yep, it's a it's a pug. Yep, a gentleman named Juan Yudo ate the pug smile, uh, gained the body of a pug. Uh, really lost the lottery on that one, my friend. <laughs> um, he's hanging out in the wheel and just running in it like a hamster wheel to keep the fire going. So that's that's fun. I'm glad he has a role. <laughs> Found something for him to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a very literal role. Um but I'm, I'm glad that he keeps his head turned 90 degrees the whole time, apparently. Like that's... Gotta keep the illusion that it's uh, like a mythical weapon. It's fine. It's gotta hurt, though. <laughs> I mean, he's smiling about it. It can't be that bad. Look how <laughs> I guess you're is. right. <laughs> Please just uh, punch this man. Yeah. Uh, Black Maria uses her webs to stick herself to the grill on the ceiling. Uh, talked some smack for a hot second about how uh, illusions don't work, but surely they must because you guys are clearly dreaming. Dreaming about beating Master Kaido, that is. Uh, got him. Got us good, Black Maria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, leave the one-liners to the crew, please. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but but uh, she is Robin, spreading... Robin just immediately copies what she saw from Black Maria and it's <laughs> just like, well... You can do it. I can do it too. Whatever. <laughs> She's like, yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Let me just swipe that from you real quick. She's used this move before, so it's not really stealing. But uh... no, but <laughs> like, it is. It is a parallel. <laughs> Quite so. Um, they do that to avoid the fire that has been set to the ground. So uh, they're going to be stuck in the air for a hot second, while Black Maria pulls an Orochi and is trying to burn the entire place down. Yeah, I was going to say, is this the second fire that we have to worry about now? I think or, so. Yeah, with all the explosions and lasers, like, that, it might go up to three soon. A lot of people have been, like, breaking through the floor as well. Uh, yeah. This whole, this whole castle is in rough shape from this conflict. Technically, Marco set a bunch of people on fire. I know that he can 
like control it better than uh, just regular <laughs> fire and regular people. But still, indeed, a real flamey place. This uh, yeah. Kaido Mansion must be really big too. I mean, I know it's we know it's really big, but this conflict has had like thirty thousand people involved in it. So a space for that many people to be fighting. These fires are probably pretty small by comparison to the uh, the entirety of the place. I suppose that's true. For the moment, though, it's causing trouble for our boys. They're kind of stuck hanging in the air until it's dealt with. Brooke has a plan, though. Uh, he sends out his soul to pass through the poor pod man, freezing him alive, putting out the source of the fire. Good work, Brooke. Yeah, the the dog puts it best. He just says, that's freezing, and then <laughs> dies. Indeed. Poor guy. First he becomes a pug, then he gets a job doing something only he can do for some reason. And then uh, he freezes to death. <laughs> what an existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then Black Maria tries some more smack talk, uh, which still kind of just falls on deaf ears. But, uh, you know, it's cool to see the teamwork between Brooke and Robin. Brooke's taking out the fires and giving Robin a nice stage to uh, stand up against Black Maria. Indeed. It's got ice so chilly that it can freeze even fire. Burr, as they say. Um, I think it's also interesting to note that had this conflict occurred before Eni's lobby for some reason, uh, these jabs almost certainly would have gotten to Robin because she was at that time pretty insecure about her place on the crew. Um, but she's grown beyond that since then. So like you said, falling on deaf ears doesn't bother her anymore because she knows it's not true. Yeah, she's good. Quite so. She knows she's not baggage, knows that uh, Sanji did not call her to sell her out. Feels good. All in all, pretty pleased. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Black Maria also tries to talk crap on Sanji, which really uh, seems to kind of make something click for for these two here. Robin basically is left to do her thing because after someone disses your crewmate, you really got to show up, and uh, these two are here for it, and so am I. Quite so. I don't know how, I guess it's possible she might not have heard the Jimbei news, but she notes here that Sanji has the number two bounty of the Straw Hats, but that's not true if you include Jimbei. And it's been pretty publicly known as far as this fight is concerned since they got here. So hmm. uh, that's a yeah. little strange there, Black Maria. Yeah, I guess she just I... didn't get the memo. Right, yeah, she just has old intel. What are you going to do? Guess so. Um, Brooke thinks that's really funny. Uh, decides to go ahead and let Robin take care of her herself while he deals with all those other ghoulies, as he describes them. Uh, even though he hates them, he's going to take them out. Good on you, Brooke. He's got no panties to distract him, right? Like, well, I guess the, the numbers one could, but... With those snakes, he's good to go. Indeed. And with Kenyon, they're already out. He didn't see them already. 
Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, really going to be able to let loose and take care of him no problem. I hope so. Uh, he froze up uh, Pudman pretty easy. I don't really see any reason he can't just do that same thing to them. But uh, Well, his body's pretty vulnerable while he's doing it, and he's no longer got Robin just, like, holding him, so... I'm sure Robin will just create a additional Robin to hold Brooke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see no reason why that can't happen. Um, but even if that does not, uh, Brooke can no doubt take care of them just fine. Yeah. Uh, then on this final page of this particular conflict, uh, Robin points out, no, Sanji didn't call me because he's a coward, wanted to sell me out or any of that. He's kind. He was trying to rely on me, and that made him worthy of being the wings of the King of the Pirates. Uh, Pretty dope line. Indeed. Pretty good. Uh, small note on it, though. Uh, I was reading a tweet from Translator Sandman on Twitter earlier today. And according to him, in Japanese, the term that Robin says here, uh, the wings of the cane of the pirates, apparently that same set of words in Japanese was used in an SBS, uh, I think one of the 70s, I don't remember which one. Um, uh, Oda used that term to describe both Zoro and Sanji, um, which I think kind of makes more sense than Robin here referring to Sanji as both wings of the Cane of the Pirates. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like it better if each is one wing. But Robin is talking about Sanji right now, so we can leave that smelly Zoro guy out of the equation for the time being. Um, she pulls out a fun new move, uh, the Gigante Fleur, uh, <laughs> where a whole bunch of real big hands... And an entire nude Robin body pops out. And uh, I guess she's going to lay the smack down on Black Maria next chapter, I hope. Yeah, per uh, it's the perfect weapon against the spider, right? Just, she needs <laughs> some really big newspapers and she's good to go. <laughs> right. She forms her hands into a giant, like, fly swatter type operation and just crushes her. Problems. Yeah, <laughs> with with enough fingers, you could do it. Easy. It's true. Robin seems to be made, able to make pretty much anything she wants out of these hands, so uh, I see no reason it can stop at anything. Yeah, um, but uh, you brought up that Robin is naked, which is true in the, well, the second Robin. Mm -hmm. uh, but notably, it does have a bow in its hair, so like, just chose not to? Well, I guess it would take up unnecessary energy to create it but i guess so i mean live your life i don't care do do what you want robin i mean the point of the past robin clones have been to deceive her foes right yeah so it's spending additional energy to create clothing for it would be important to deceive them right but if yeah, the exactly. point of this one is to create like a great big fighting robot robin then you know <laughs> Why Why waste the energy on clothes that aren't going to do any practical good? Exactly. So, Jordan, as the resident 
Robin Lover out of our duo. I also like her, of course, but uh, <laughs> she's one of your top two, depending mm-hmm. on the day. Uh, how are you feeling about this fight so far? And what do you hope uh, for the next couple chapters? Well, it's really just the the very start of the fight, right? Like, no no real blows have been exchanged yet. Uh, there has been some running away from stuff, but now the real thing begins. And, like, it's been a good lead-up, for sure. Like we said, you get the very noted Robin growth right before it. Um, character development's great. And... We still don't really know, well, I guess we know somewhat what to expect from Black Maria, but like, she's got to be able to pull out a showstopper at some point. Maybe it's the swords in her hair. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I mean, of course, I'm looking forward to what comes next. Uh, I can't really think of many predictions other than, you know, just a literal smack around by (laughs) Robin, because... In my opinion, this seems pretty easy right now. Um, I'm more interested in where Brooke is going to end up after this. After he finishes dealing with the uh, the snake ladies? Yeah, because we know both of them are making it out of this, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Brooke, if he gets his own thing, we haven't seen it yet. So, where's he going to go? think if black maria goes down here there's not anyone else that i can think of that brooke would be able to get like a solo fight against um uh are those it, it is the ninja force still out and about with the man with the long earlobes the man with the long earlobes is still out and about but he's fighting rizo right um, okay the rest yeah, yeah, of the yeah. ninja force i think it was said it was they were taken out by like the the ice demon mob that was happening on the on the live floor a number yeah, of chapters ago. Okay. I could be mistaken, but I think they said that most of the uh, Kaido-affiliated samurai and the ninja were taken out at that time. Um, yeah, I think I remember that. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Black Maria is the last member of the Flying Sith still standing, unless it turns out that who's who and... Sasaki aren't done after those big blows that Jimbei and uh, Frankie dealt in the last few chapters. So uh, I'd be pretty surprised, but like there, there is a theme going on around here, you know. <laughs> Indeed, I'm just saying we haven't seen them like unconscious on the ground yet, so it right. technically could still be that they're kicking. So yeah, I'm not sure if Brooks gonna get like a. A solo operation after this. Maybe he's going to end up... Really needs one. (laughs) Maybe he's going to end up against Big Mom again somehow? Uh, Maybe. I mean, he would be real useful to have in that conflict for (laughs) Law and a kid, that's for sure. Take the homies out of the equation, pretty much. He he has that uh, precedent set. Like, they, they have a past, for sure. Yeah, no, I can't think of any other places for him to go, so that's where I'm going to sit for now. Agreed. Uh, yes, we'll just have to find out. Hopefully, you know, I'm not totally convinced we're going to see Brooke at all again next chapter. Um, if this Robin Black Maria 
operation does continue. Next chapter, that is. Yeah, they probably got to get split up. Indeed. Um, but as soon as Oda cares to tell us more, I will eat it up happily. That takes us into the final couple pages of this chapter. We get to meet up with Luffy and Co. on the mainland of Wano for a hot second. Uh, Luffy is down on the ground having eaten every bit of food that Law had on the submarine. I'm sure he'll be displeased to hear about that when he's done with his uh, big mom deal. But, you know, gotta do what she ought to do, I suppose. Yeah, sacrifices have to be made. <laughs> uh, true. And at least he's not eating Beppo, so can't complain too much. <laughs> You know he tried to at one point. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Shinobu's there, and Momonosuke, of course, having escaped with Shinobu's kite, as we suspected uh, many mm-hmm. chapters ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Momonosuke tries to tell Luffy about Kiku and Kinemon. Um, really, it doesn't, it doesn't quite confirm it, because he doesn't say it <laughs> quite, but uh, yeah. does seem to hint more heavily towards Kinemon and Kiku actually being dead. So, uh, we'll see what happens with that, I suppose. Luffy doesn't want to hear it, though. Uh, cry when we're done, he says. Yeah, Shinobu and I agree on this one. Don't don't be so mean to the poor <laughs> little boy. Uh, I suppose, but, you know, they're busy. They can, <laughs> they got stuff to do. Priorities. Yes, Luffy does need him to do a task but like oh i feel for momo that's all that's it indeed also we get an answer on a question you've asked in the past uh what's caribou been up to uh the answer appears to be nothing (laughs) he's been chilling (laughs) here and waiting for luffy to deal with it pretty much it's what he's best at he just kind of chills until he sees uh a chance window and he's still waiting but he was waiting at the like proposed rendezvous point so i don't know why would he come here if he's just like intending to wait it out you know (laughs) this is closer to the battle than he needs to be if he's not participating yeah it's Hmm. it's not like he saw luffy fall or anything right like I guess he could have, but... <laughs> that seems like a bit of a stretch. Like, yeah. what, what's to say a, a person from a rock at that distance? Indeed. And uh, Onigashima was further away at that time as well, so... Right. So, I don't know. Dude's a creep. He's weird. <laughs> He's always just conveniently where he needs to be, and I don't <laughs> trust it. Uh, me neither, but... He does, it's in his own speech bubble here, so he's certainly not lying that his motivation is getting off the island and he needs Luffy to do a thing in order for that to happen. So it's in his best but interest for the moment. he's not helping in any way. <laughs> True. But I don't think Oda would show him here if he didn't have some sort of plan for him to be involved. Of course. Like, yes, I, I do believe that he will become relevant, but hasn't happened yet (laughs) yeah and he just he has no backbone it's hard to trust him it's hard to when you're made out of swamp Mm -hmm. i understand Mm -hmm. uh but then you like you said final couple panels here 
Luffy dropping his big brain strategy for how he's going to get back up there. Momonosuke is going to fly him up there in dragon form. Easy. Momonosuke doesn't want to do that. Uh, he has a crippling fear of heights and doesn't like being a dragon. But, uh, you know, someone's got to do it. It's not going to be Two John negatives Bart. make a positive, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> when you add them, that's correct. <laughs> I crunched the numbers. Pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. Law's crew is going to go search for some more meat. So, or try to, at least. So uh, it seems that the intent is to try to get Luffy in better shape before he gets flown up there. Because for the moment, he's still unable to move, <laughs> for the most part. Um, so they're going to gonna have to gather up quite a fair chunk of food to get him back to reasonably full. Don't you think? Uh, for sure. We don't know how much was in the submarine ship, but yeah, if it took all that they had to get him to this point, it it's going to take a fair amount of uh, protein or maybe just filler. I don't know, but <laughs> something to get him back up and going. And it sure does look like the only thing you're going to find lined around here is scrap wood and seawater. So, uh, might be a few chapters more until, uh, we see the outcome of this Momonosuke Luffy flying operation. Uh, I would imagine so. There's still a fair amount of cleanup that needs to happen on Onigashima, so. Correct. Like, there, there's, there's other stuff for Oda to visit. If I were a, a betting man... I would predict that we're probably going to see all of the other Wano fights before we check. Well, we might pop our heads in on these guys a little bit between then and now, but I don't think Momonosuke is going to actually fly Luffy up here until pretty much everything else is wrapped up. Because you got to end the arc with the big one, right? The final right. Luffy versus Kaido confrontation. Yeah. You're not going to be popping back to queen versus sanji <laughs> while that's happening mm -hmm. i wouldn't think mm -hmm. and like something needs to happen to yamato like yamato is probably not coming out of this completely unscathed you know indeed uh whether or not he holds on long enough for luffy to get up there remains to be seen but uh I sure hope he does, otherwise Kaido's going to go on a rampage and cause problems everywhere else. So, uh, He's holding his own so far, so <laughs> I have faith. Quite so. Uh, anything else that you would like to say before we move on to the reread? Mm, no. Alrighty. Uh, next chapter hits August 9th. Here we go. Reread time. Go. Okay, I believe you already said it, but this is 251 to 262. Mm -hmm. Going from Chopper being saved to Chopper saving himself. Pretty proud. A lot of character development for that guy <laughs> in that one sentence. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. 
Uh, so after Luffy and Sanji took out the ball boy, we pop back to the other half of the crew uh, and learn about Upper Yard being basically the opposite of Atlantis, which, you know, good to have confirmed. They're still calling it El Dorado, but... At least we know where it is now. That's pretty dope. <laughs> we yeah. know it's real and we know it's here, so good day. Good and day it, for the gold hunt. <laughs> and it mostly makes sense, so, like... Very good. I do enjoy when uh, when they show the full map. That's a good time. Indeed. Very cathartic seeing the uh, the fruits of that uh, hint about the right eye of the skull that happened like 30, 40 chapters ago. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually the seven crew members reunite thanks to the vassals being distracted, uh, to say the least. Uh, but they have a, a night where they're camping and sharing intel and strategizing, and that's really good. And then on top of that, mm-hmm. the Sky Wolves, or uh, <laughs> I think that's what they were called, join mm-hmm. in. Uh, and this is just, I don't know, I've, I've definitely brought this up before, but this is the good stuff. Where you really get, you get good crew interactions. They're all together, and they're at least kind of happy. <laughs> <laughs> they're having a good time for the moment at least exactly they know how to put the the shit storm to the side to uh (laughs) to enjoy what time they have and that's an important lesson quite so it's at this point in the arc that uh complaints about the slowness of skypea start creeping up but uh I find it hard to believe that people could read like this particular section that you just described where they meet back up, they share the intel that they've gathered in their two separate paths that they've been on, uh, start making plans to swoop in and steal the gold and all that good stuff and not be engaged somehow because that's all really cool like planning preparation stuff that we don't get to see a whole lot of and this particular manga exactly throughout their gathering supplies and choppers like i'll take half the aloe for my goods you throw the frog and the rat in the stew <laughs> i guess um all cool stuff people don't like it right. for some reason uh, well they're just wrong i don't know <laughs> like it is and eh, whatever i could say a bunch of things here but i don't want to <laughs> okay continue yeah it's good stuff um uh, i think in this little section robin reveals that things grow faster in this environment which isn't really an explanation like it's just saying that it happens but uh it is it is nice that they addressed how everything could get overgrown in the short amount of time and then also later um what do they say things can be grown but not born in uh skypea or something like that correct Um, gonfall says something to that effect yeah so it, it all fits together and it counts as much as any other world building i guess but it i i don't know i would have liked some reason for why things are growing faster like it's it's not like there's 
an increased amount of carbon dioxide or anything. Like, I don't, I don't know. It is a bit shallow compared to the level of explanation Oda's cared to give us about the other things happening in Skypea. But like you said, I'm just glad that they say anything about it in the first place. Still a little bit strange that like the the South Birds on Skypea are so dang big. I find it hard to believe that the same reason that they have grown large and the same reason the trees and such have grown large could possibly be the same reason. Um, right. But uh, like, here what, we are. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Like, why Why wouldn't the angel people be super big then? Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> it's a little so, weird, but uh, maybe perhaps one day we'll get an explanation. Yeah, um, sure. Doubtful thing before we move on from uh, the camp scene, though. Oh, yeah? As a, a common... I don't know if we've addressed this specifically yet, Jordan, but I've been seeing people draw a parallel between the big spread of Luffy and Code dancing around the bonfire, where Luffy and uh, Chopper, Usopp, most of the people, are like silhouetted around the bonfire. Remember that spread? Mm-hmm. Uh, people have drawn a parallel between how Luffy looks in that panel um, and the, silo- the silhouette we saw of Nika the Sun God a few hours ago. People have really? been, indeed, and I looked at it and it does look similar. Um, and that coupled with Nika just generally resembling a Shandian in terms of dress, um, people have been drawing a parallel there and thinking that uh, there's a connection to Skypea in some, in some capacity with Nika. You know, okay, okay, all right. I'm glad to see some credibility lended to that. It, it felt like a pretty solid start to a theory. Um, but okay, I'm going to have to look at that later. Indeed. I don't know for sure if there's anything there, but I saw it with my eyeballs, and there is a visual similarity, so good enough okay. for me for the time being, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. So we were talking about big birds and big trees. We sure were. Good times. <laughs> yeah, but those those aren't the only things of ridiculous size here on Skypea. Because uh, Enaru shows up and his ego is the biggest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Decides to attack his own dudes... <laughs> Just Indeed. to put them in their place. <laughs> the very first thing we see him do is stunt on his own generals. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, just for no reason, really, other than to show off because he can. And I, and I mean, he can, sure. Who's going to stop him? But what a jerk. Seems like a rough guy to work for, this god guy. The benefits have to be amazing, right? I guess so. I mean, they get to hang out on, like, land which they consider <laughs> to be like the greatest thing ever in skypea so <laughs> i'm sure just so. standing on it is euphoric for them uh, they but... make it sound like it is i mean they're they're fighting over it so yeah it's pretty dope i, th- I think for these particular generals they just have a uh, bloodlust that they would like satiate it at at some point true right before enaru shows up to 
beat them all up a little bit. They're arguing over which of them should be allowed to take on the entire enemy army by themselves. So, <laughs> Right, and then two of them get taken out uh, pretty quickly. Indeed, two of them get so. taken out in the span of these 12 chapters. and Exactly. One of them in the span of like three pages, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor mm-hmm. Shura. Oh, but yeah, Anaru, noted uncool guy. Good contrast to the much cooler spirit of the Mary that is uh, showing up to fix the boat. It's good to know that that's what it is and not some weird... I, I don't even know how you would describe a character that came out of nowhere and fixed the boat. <laughs> um, but it's... Yeah, being on the inside, it's revealing. You read through it differently that way. Indeed. When I first read through this, I didn't give it any thought that the Mary had fixed itself up. I mean, I know I read the words and saw that it got fixed up, but it did not click with me that it was strange that uh, somebody showed up in the middle of the night, fixed the boat, and also, like Usopp points out, fits it up to its original state without like the the rooster additions <laughs> yeah that's the weird part but Indeed. uh yeah i probably didn't give it too much thought either i don't know probably could have thought that it was like pagaya or something but even that seems like a stretch for young me right and they address it within the next two arcs that's pretty early water seven i think i think it has to be yeah because then the the send-off isn't too far after that right 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 and it's only a lawn rain lawn land between then and now so mm, forgot about that one that'll be fun uh but they they get back to it pretty swiftly in the grand scheme of things i'm sure it's like a hundred chapters from now but uh which is a long time when you think about it. Indeed. But in the grand scheme of One Piece, not that long. Right, 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 yeah. Gotta consider the scale. Right. Um, back to the reread. Gam 4 fills in Nami Usopp and Sanji on like the history of the Shandians and the fight over the upper yard. Uh, he also reveals that his job as Sky Knight is sort of like a form of repentance for him which is really neat like he knows that he messed up in the past and he's trying to make amends and it like he is a truly noble dude that is worthy of being the kami i agree the character of ganfor has always been a fascinating one to me because like he really is kind of in a a no win well Speaking specifically when he was the Kami, he did seem to be in a pretty, like, no-win situation, right? Like, he knows and understands that his ancestors, the Sky People of the past, unjustly stole the land belonging to these people, right? And he wants to stop the war, but his people have relied on that land for unspecified reasons, for a... a, generations now so is it right to just give it all back because it was stolen and basically punish the people of today for the sins of their ancestors uh he doesn't know but 
He's trying. <laughs> That's something. He's trying yeah. to find the ground there. Yeah, I was going to say some compromise would really be great. Um, I know that Verth, Verth, whatever it is, uh, is rare up there for sure. I get that. But I think if you were smart about it, you could find a way to coexist. And, and it could just be done. Everyone would be happy and fine. Wow. Well, you'd think that. But Don foregoes and he tries to negotiate... But uh, Wiper's the one that kind of <laughs> dashes oh, those yeah. hopes. Right. I'm, I'm not saying it's Ganfer's fault. I'm just saying, uh, overall, some compromise would be nice. Correct. But in um, this particular man's case, it's all or nothing. It's give us all the stuff back right now, or we're going to try to murder all of you. So that's not a, yeah. a it, good well, look. And I can't blame, I can't blame Wiper. He's he's set out his reasons for why he feels how he does, and they're justified. True. I don't know if I would jump to murdering everyone, because I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> the other half of the crew, the gold hunting gang, I believe, mm-hmm. is almost immediately split up by a giant snake, uh, which just gives us another little, just another little taste of all these characters, because... You know, Chopper freaks out, Zoro goes to the right, Luffy <laughs> goes towards the heat, and Robin does what she's supposed to do. Oh, so it's just, yeah, it's good. Love the big snake. Feel like they probably could have taken it out, but uh, poison's nasty, so better safe than sorry. Right. If they got bit even once, uh, I think one of them said it was going to be instant death. Uh, I don't know why they thought that. But uh, they seemed pretty confident that it would be. So I guess I'll take them at their word. It like bit one of the big trees and it dissolved, didn't it? True, but I would like to think that uh, Zoro and Luffy are slightly tougher than a tree. But uh, Right now yes. they're just, just flesh boys. I guess so, but they've tanked some pretty nasty stuff already, but... Yeah. But if it's caustic, like acid, you can't yeah. you can't tank that, dude. <laughs> like that's just a hole through your skin, or in this case, your whole body just dissolved. True, and with the amount of uh, acid that they must have been spewing with fangs of that size, uh, one drop <laughs> probably would have been pretty sizable. So yeah, yeah, agreed. So makes sense. But before that, probably could have handled it. Um, right. Oh, yeah, we get some more explanations on dials, which is fun. Uh, and I, I do hate to harp on it so much, but <laughs> a flame dial in the clouds? Why? What? Yeah, and they said that these things, like, live underwater. <laughs> right. Yeah. What? <laughs> what is this? Under clouds. This is the most far-fetched one of them all. Agreed. Uh, yeah, don't know why that would exist in nature. And Usopp even points out that that's pretty bonkers that these things are so dangerous. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they're real. They're important. Yeah. <laughs> and moving on. Uh, I, I would encourage literally everyone to reread Skypia just to see the many, many faces of the, uh, the Heavenly Warriors. I do not remember a specific funny face 
Oh man, if you look at them, they're pretty good. Like, it's just a bunch of goat guys making really... Well, I mean, they're not super outlandish, I guess, but uh, I enjoyed them for sure. I'll have to take another Pretty much any time one showed up, I was just like, oh, yeah, (laughs) that's a weirdo. Look at this weird guy with his bars and his goat ears and such. (laughs) What a goob. Yeah. Dangerous, though. Act styles. Not fun. Well, I guess they're kind of dangerous. I wouldn't want to go up against an axe style for sure, but I feel like most of the people with uh, a fair amount of battle experience handled it well. Sure, our main guys did, but they seem to be tearing through the shandy and grunts with relative ease. Right, and yeah, that's because, as you said, they're grunts. Like, yeah, that's that's their whole purpose here, and. Uh, mm-hmm. That's fine. We get the, the oh, I forget what the commander, what their name is, but the big guy. That guy pulls out like twenty of the axe dials. That's the way to do it. He's <laughs> like, you know what makes me better than them? I've got ten. So uh... yeah, why isn't everyone doing this? <laughs> I don't know. Guess they're rare, and he's just like a cool guy that can afford a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah, he's up there, so that's allowed. <laughs> It's out Denbo with no problem. Poor Denbo. Well, that dude was an idiot. <laughs> an idiot with a cannon, though. Yeah, great. That makes Worked him slightly more dangerous than your average idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, certainly against most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not here, though. Too bad is one thing. His cannon was easily bounced back by a kick from Yama. Yeah, big old Yama kick. Rough to be he. Rough to be a lot of people in this one. Specifically, Shura, who I assume dies based off of what they said about the reject dial. Yeah. (laughs) He, yeah, I I think you said earlier he gets like three pages and that's all he deserves. He's he's had a fair amount of uh, center stage, or at least adjacent to center stage. Yeah, he got the terrorized chopper last chunk and took down Danfor. And then a wiper shows up and in the span of like two or three pages, uh, completely destroys his sternum and rib cage and heart. And he's probably dead now. So (laughs) RIP him. Yep. Yep. Uh, I was at first pretty worried that they weren't going to address his bird because it immediately goes to wiper just like talking to all of the other gorillas that are around uh, but then in like the next chapter, it's seen flying off from the forest. So Oda covered it. We're good. I'm sure we'll see him again one day. He's on Kaido's crew, I bet. He's just out there being the king of birds because he can breathe <laughs> fire. No, it wouldn't have surprised me. I mean, I know we know who he is now, but wouldn't have surprised me if who's who took off his weird horned mask thing. And it was uh, Fuwa, the bird, under there, <laughs> breathing fire, like you do. Yep, it just makes <laughs> sense. I can't think of anything that contradicts that theory. So uh, nothing. That's what at we're gonna all. go with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it it occurred to me in this this read through while I was taking notes um, that it's a little odd how 
Anaru can tell that Chopper is like a person because he who so when Ganfor kind of describes mantra mantra whatever the little bit that he does he says something along the lines of humans uh just by living give off a voice and chopper did eat the human human fruit but like if it's only humans can anaru's mantra not hear uh skypeans can it not hear uh could it not hear beppo like how is it distinguishing chopper from an animal on upper yard what's going on here i'm gonna say that either the translation is slightly off and he meant to say living things right or perhaps ganfor just misspoke because it doesn't happen in this chunk of chapters but i'm sure the next chunk when people start like going down right mm-hmm. when enaru is like giving updates on the the standings on who's still alive i'm pretty sure when we like get down to the last few he describes it as like 10 people and two animals referring to the bid snake and um uh i forget the guy's name but the like bipedal dog <laughs> that one of the uh oh. one of the vassals has yeah so he like separates them from his human count, but he still knows that they're around. So I'm there's no doubt in my mind that he can also sense uh animals using mantra. So okay, so then it's I guess it's interesting that he distinguishes Chopper as um like a, a like a person he doesn't he, he never calls him a pet or anything like that uh he knows that it's it's one of the people from the blue sea and that's just interesting to me i guess the human human fruit gives off really strong vibes you know uh i suppose so it is the only one out of the zoans that we know of that has like its default form as the hybrid. So maybe right. if he were yeah. to transform into his full deer form, it would be different. Would he give off a different like voice, as Dan Four put it, if he went into full animal form? I don't know. I'd like to get some more insight on the details of how that works. But uh, right, it's just never... fun to think about that sort of thing. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sanji is once again brutalized for no reason. <laughs> Oda is mean and uh, had Enru just zap him off. Not even not even in book. Like yeah. <laughs> off page. Zapped. Done. Yeah, this is the beginning of an unfortunate trend for Oda and Sanji where he's used pretty frequently as like a measuring stick for the big bad of an arc. He does it here. He does it with a Virgo many hundred chapters from now. That's what Doflamingo. Uh, wish he didn't, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technically, Sanji did take out the the first enemy, so, like, he has done stuff. Great. 
Yeah. Could have done more. He does some stuff later, but he's one of their main fighters, so it is unfortunate that he is taken out, like, almost first <laughs> in this conflict, but mm -hmm. certainly sets up Enaru to be very scary. Mm -hmm. Usopp goes down immediately after. Uh, would have taken out Nami, too. Like, this dude is terrifying. Yeah. I can't blame him for going right for Usopp Nets, because if he had had the opportunity to pull out his uh, Usopp Noise, I think the name of the move is, where he scratches his nails on the chalkboard, that would have been bad for Enaru. <laughs> I, I feel like the Usopp Rubber Band is more of a threat to Enaru. Uh, true, but we don't know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> fine uh, yeah he he took out the the big brain first <laughs> correct but uh yeah there were there were like a bunch of fights in this chunk that i just didn't feel like going into details on because they felt mostly like they were there to flesh out the dial knowledge a bit more um they were all pretty much small fry like we kind of discussed earlier chopper ends up wandering about and it's a good little little introduction because it's just two dopes that ran into each other both need reminders at times of how to do normal things like <laughs> hide behind posts or look at things indeed say words out loud <laughs> yeah it's it's a match made in heaven here and uh in theory, the fight is, like, pretty daunting, in my opinion. There's pitfalls all over the place. This dude can fly. He can create the swamp out of nowhere. And it's a projectile. Like, it's it's a lot of scary stuff. Again, not the smartest person. Ends up hitting his own ally at some point. Almost immediately, as I recall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that guy tries to turn tail and, like, group up with Chopper, but nope, does not last. Uh-oh. Gets jet punched real hardcore. Yeah. That jet punch seems like it must be really dang strong, because he hits guard point Chopper with it, too, and it just goes through it, I guess. Chopper takes a whole bunch of damage from that one hit, <laughs> even though he was in guard point. <laughs> I don't understand why... Wiper would be using a reject dial over a jet dial. Like, I would choose a jet dial any day. This dude is not receiving any recoil that I can see. It's just Jordan's really tearing strong, up his clothes. Really fast hit. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you're right. Because Wiper wears so much clothing <laughs> on his elbows. Exactly. That's why he can't afford to lose any more. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh. So yeah, like I would, I would do that. I understand that uh, sort of story-wise, the reject dial is way more satisfying, right? Mm -hmm. But the addition of the jet dial kind of lessens the reject dial overall, in my opinion. I think they try to... They don't like to specifically say this is the reason that Wiper doesn't use one. But I think Kodatsu does say that the jet dial is rare. Um, so it does check out that you know, they're not commonly used items. Um, it's not really specified where Wiper got a reject dial since they're supposed to be extinct, <laughs> as yeah. I recall. Um, <laughs> like, talk about rare. 
quite. Uh, but it's justified in a small way, so I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Chopper pulls out all of his moves to combo together and uh, well, basically avoid and attack back. Just notices that his his shoes, his little... <laughs> Little cloud producers are the weak point and sneakily slips one off. Indeed. His sleight of hand is out of control, apparently. <laughs> Quite so. With those big old ham hands, he manages to pull a fast one on him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Couldn't compete physically with Kadatsu's speed, mobility, or power, so used his big, choppy brain to set himself up for an opening for a big old hoof final blow. Feels good. Rumble Ball always gets a lot of fun options for fights, so it's a bummer that we uh, don't get more of them going forward. Yeah, this was a pretty good showcase. Not a very long fight. Nope. Single chapter. <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice to see more solo chopper fights, I guess. Alas, it will never happen. No. <laughs> but for this one, Oda did pack a whole lot of fun stuff into... The brief one that we got. So that feels good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Oda. Quite. Uh, do, do you have any more notes? I did want to talk about Zoro versus Brom for a hot second. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think this one's kind of fun because Zoro generally has to fight physical beefers. So it's fun seeing him struggle with a tricky opponent um, on occasion. Uh, and then he tries to counter-trick <laughs> Brom into not using his flash guns by putting on goggles and claiming they are sunglasses, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> immediately got seen through. Um, quite literally. Quite. And uh, Zoro also doesn't get the explanation of sky combat like Sanji, Usopp, and Nami do, so he has, to, he has the disadvantage of having to figure it out on the fly as well. Um, but uh, in true. the end, he Good just point. powers through it like he usually does with a flashy big move and shows off his ability to throw a slash somehow. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Still don't understand how that move works, but it's cool, so I'll I'll take it. <laughs> uh, agreed. I did enjoy that he recognized that he was in a tough situation and just peaced out he was like i'm gonna put some distance between us so that i can at least have a second to think <laughs> um like we don't we don't see that often like you said he fights a lot of beefers but he also usually just charges into things because he can indeed um, especially these days he hasn't had the struggle too much <laughs> up until this no. kaido operation yeah but uh, the the dude still didn't last long. So indeed, I think that was also one chapter. But uh, yeah, we see what goes on to be the beginning of a staple of Zoro's arsenal for some time. So that's fun. If only it made a little more sense. <laughs> Perhaps one day we'll understand. Uh, the only other thing I had was a small list of funny moments, um, like we've been. It's kind of become tradition around these parts. <laughs> uh, Sanji, Luffy, and Usopp 
at the beginning, all hyped up that Usopp's rope belt is going to get them to safety, back to the boat, only to immediately bump into about a hundred trees <laughs> along the way. <laughs> yeah, I very much enjoyed Luffy saying, it would have been better if I had just stretched. <laughs> Indeed, but that wouldn't have been as cool, Luffy, so I had to understand why you didn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoro thinking that uh, the Mary's mast was missing, but his chopper redecorated. <laughs> <laughs> The feng shui was all off. <laughs> Quite so. Gotta get rid of that main mast. It's gotta go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then immediately after that, Robin's maybe he was torn limb from limb. Classic Robin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please keep it coming. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Zoro bringing back a rat and a fraud for the stew. And Sanji saying, go ahead, throw them on in. <laughs> Do whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's good source of nutrition. It's hard to come by around these parts. Toss it on in. You got a stew going. <laughs> Quite so. Uh, Robin very practically advising the gang to put out their fire to not give away their position, and Luffy and Usopp chastising her for being a spoil sport on their camping operation. <laughs> she just doesn't understand. She hasn't been around long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Quite so. Uh, give it a few more arcs, and she will be fully on board with this type of horse shit. But uh, for now... She's still acclimating herself. Fair enough. Um, and the last thing I had was every single thing that Gidatsu did incorrectly. Uh, <laughs> the man crosses his arms the wrong way, uh, tries to speak while biting his lip. Uh, sometimes he says things in his brain that he meant to say out loud. I don't know how the goat man knew that he was, that's what he was doing in that moment, but I guess they've been buds for some time. Yeah, he's been around. <laughs> Quite so. Um, I feel like there was one other thing, but I can't remember it, so uh, that's it. That was the last thing I had. Yeah, Gadatsu really had like a, well, I guess to... to be proper about it sasaki had a little bit of a gadatsu vibe in him when he did the reverse that's true (laughs) similar to i guess that's that's kind of just a character type it would seem because like you pointed out before kaku is also falls into that indeed i wonder if there will be others that we run into that we've forgotten about that'll be fun to find out yeah uh, and we probably won't, but maybe we'll find out next week. Could happen. Uh, there is no break next week, but it seems like Shonen Jump will be coming out a day later than usual. It's coming out Monday, August 9th this time. So it's my belief that the podcast will also be a day late as well as a result, coming out on Wednesday instead of the usual Tuesday. Um, look forward to that. Uh, feel free to send in your thoughts on the new chapter via email to inheritedwillpodcasts at gmail.com, on Twitter to us at inherited underscore will, or if you prefer, simply in a comment on the YouTube video. That's all from us for now, unless you had any closing remarks, Jordan. Nope, we're out of here. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks for listening.